I'm Scott. And I'm Jason. Welcome to Skipped on Shuffle, a podcast where we delve into an overlooked song by a popular artist. Today, we're going to be talking about the Portishead song, Seven Months, from their 1997 album, Portishead. How can I forget you? For those of you who maybe have never heard of Portishead before, uh, Portishead belongs to a subgenre of music that is uh, usually referred to as trip hop. Uh, that moniker gets attached to a lot of groups that uh, maybe it doesn't, it shouldn't be attached to, and also some groups who don't want it attached to them get it attached to them. But Portishead is one of the few groups that kind of defined trip hop when it was first coming up. So w- w- we. Lots of people understand that in the uh, in the late 80s and early 90s, there was this grunge movement coming out of a specific place, which was Seattle, Washington. You know, the Seattle sound, Seattle grunge, you know, with Nirvana and Pearl Jam and Soundgarden, Alice in Chains and all these bands kind of collectively forming in this one area of the world, bouncing off ideas from one another and kind of creating this not new sound, but new kind of element of music. Uh, you know, in this scene. And trip hop was a very similar thing. It was just happening across the pond in England in a place called Bristol. And Portishead was a part of that group. So it's really interesting to even talk about Portishead. And, and, and I'm really excited to do that for this episode because this is like a band that came up in like a, a legitimate scene. You know, like this was like a collective group of people all, you know, sort of, not only working together, but also competing against one another and kind of developing this very new, very fresh sound that we hadn't really heard before. But it should also be noted that Portishead didn't invent trip hop. It's sort of just part of this development of it, which I think is also a very interesting thing, and especially with uh, with the things that we're going to talk about related to to this song and this album. It's interesting you mentioned the grunge thing because I feel like it's always fascinating when those like little pockets happen where there's just like a bunch of creative people in one place at one time because I feel like almost it, it's uh, not knowing a lot about trip hop just just the name sounds like way too cool for something for me to listen to <laughs> even though I even though I do like Portishead uh, but there there's something about like when those moments happen and I feel like they're so sporadic and rare now i feel like not to like nerd out but i feel like you know 1920s paris like that kind of like creativity doesn't happen so much anymore so it was cool because not knowing a lot about trip hop to know like these things these things still happen even though it was you know we're, we're dating ourselves even though it was 30 years ago now <laughs> you know but but you know it, it's i i think it's pretty cool to um just just wonder about like how and why that kind of stuff happens and i'm sure you know some somebody could write a book about it but i feel like just kind of throwing on you know different albums and and listening to people it's cool to hear that kind of cross-pollination happen and i don't know that's that's one of the things that makes music and just art so fun is when you have all those like creative people working intensely and you know like uh, similar to, to the grunge movement, you know, being happy for everyone else, 
but also being like, oh, fuck. <laughs> you know, like it, it, it keeps you on your toes. And I feel like that helps explain a little bit of um, even though why Portishead seems like this laid back, chill, mysterious band, they clearly care a lot about the music and their craft and what they put out, which is Scott's going to get into the history in a minute, which is probably explains why, even though it's been 30 years, we only have three records to listen to. The beginnings of the band Portishead start with instrumentalist Jeff Barrow. When Barrow was 11 years old, he and his mother moved to a town called Portishead, which is a small coastal village near Bristol in England. Barrow spent his formative years in the town, but spent much of his late teens in the larger city of Bristol. Throughout his teens, Barrow earned himself a big name in the music industry as a musician, producer, remixer, and engineer. When he was just 18, he became a tape operator at Coach House Studios, This helped him hone his musical chops even more. In 1991, Barrow met vocalist Beth Gibbons during a coffee break at a course they were both taking. They became fast friends and immediately started working together. Gibbons had moved to Bristol to start her singing career, and the two got right to work crafting a unique sound. That same year, Barrow assisted in recording the Massive Attack record Blue Lines, which was partially recorded at Coach House Studios. Massive Attack is another famous Bristol trip-hop band, and this studio time was incredibly influential on Barrow. By the end of 1991, Barrow and Gibbons had already recorded one track with plenty more written. At this point, Massive Attack was allowing Barrow to experiment with his own songs at Coach House Studios whenever they were having downtime. This is how Barrow met Adrian Utley, who was at the studio and heard the music Barrow and Gibbons were working on and was impressed. The three musicians worked together over the next few years, crafting the songs that would eventually become Portishead's first album. The trio took many unconventional approaches. They sampled sounds from other bands, but also sampled themselves. They did this by recording their own sounds, pressing those recordings to vinyl, and then bringing in those vinyl pressings to then re-manipulate them in the studio. This allowed the band to keep a very distinct sampled sound on every song, even if the sample used for that song didn't exist before they wrote it. Now, remember that this is all being done in the early 90s, long before computers were a major aspect of recording studios. Aside from digital synthesizers, everything on this record was performed, recorded, and remixed using analog equipment, a time-consuming and no doubt frustrating process. In 1994, the band, now officially called Portishead, after the town where Barrow grew up, released their debut album titled Dummy. The first single from the record is called Numb, which didn't gain much traction. The second single fared a bit better, but still didn't tear up the charts. That second single is called Sour Times and is now one of the band's signature tunes. Check it out here. Nobody loves me. It's true. 
Remember that this was the time of Nirvana, Pearl Jam, and grunge music in general. It wasn't too surprising that Portishead songs weren't successful on the radio. However, the third signal from the album did much better. Glory Box took the UK by storm, hitting number 13 on the country singles charts. Check it out. Playing with this bow and arrow, gonna give my heart away, leave it to the other girls to play. For I've been a temptress too long. The success of Glory Box pushed Portishead to re-release Sour Times, which ended up also hitting number 13 on the charts during that second run. By that point, the album Dummy was selling very well in the UK and even in the United States, despite the band never having been there. Dummy ended up winning the Mercury Music Prize in 1995. It also received a slew of nominations for other prominent music awards. The members of Portishead are very reclusive. During this momentous time, they didn't tour much, didn't do many interviews, and there were no scandals to create tabloid fodder. After the huge success of Dummy, the group simply faded into the background to work on new music at a relaxed pace. Three years after the release of Dummy, the band released its second record in 1997, simply titled Portishead. This second record didn't redefine the band's sound in any way. Instead, it mostly was an expansion of the first record, made with the same methods and with the same principal sonic structures, just a little harsher and a little dirtier. The first single from the record is called All Mine, and it would go on to be the most successful from this album. The band's second single was the song Over. While it didn't see the same chart success of All Mine, it has gone on to be used prominently in many TV shows and films. Check it out here. The same year that the band released its second album, it performed a one-off show at the Roseland Ballroom in New York City, complete with a small orchestra. The band performed on the floor, surrounded by the audience. A selection of the songs performed at this show ended up on a live album called Roseland NYC Live. Check out the track Roads with the orchestra behind them.
After promotional duties for the second album finished, the band went on hiatus. From 1999 to 2005, the band released a few one-off contributions of cover songs to compilation records. The biggest and best of these is a cover of the traditional song, Motherless Child, featuring Tom Jones on vocals. Let's hear it. Tom Jones would also cover the Portishead song, All Mine, clearly showing an affinity for the group. In late 2007, 10 years after the release of the second Portishead album, the band surprised the media by announcing it would imminently release a third record. The album, playfully titled Third, came out in April 2008. The band supported it with a full tour, its first in a decade. The first single from Third was called Machine Gun, and it represents how this record is a big departure from the first two. Check it out. Later, the band released another single called The Rip. This ended up becoming one of the band's most popular songs amongst its listeners. Since the launch of Third, the band hasn't released any new original music. It has continued to tour sporadically, and the three members have released music with other groups. With over 13 years since their most recent record, it's hopefully only a matter of time before we hear new stuff from Portishead. But now, let's go back to 1997 and talk about the track Seven Months from the band's second record. We hope you're enjoying this episode of Skipped on Shuffle. Right about now, in most podcasts, you'd be hearing an ad for something, uh, but we are trying to keep Skipped on Shuffle ad-free, and the way we're going to be able to do that is through Patreon. Please visit our Patreon page at patreon.com slash skippedonshuffle. Any donations go to support the costs associated with running this podcast.
I'm a fan of Portishead, I'm definitely more of a casual fan. I mean, I'll throw on the album or even put all three on shuffle and listen to them and enjoy them. And it's interesting because I noticed differences in the songs, but never really picked up on it or thought much about it. I kind of thought of Portishead a little bit like, and this is going to sound ridiculous, but a little bit like the band Cake. We did an episode on them. What? And and, <laughs> and they have just this consistent sound that I the the joke, and I think we make the joke in the podcast episode, is there's, there's never any new cake. It's just fresh cake. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And it's a little bit how I thought of Portishead. And in going back and re-listening to the three records and paying a little bit closer attention, uh, I have to say, like, they are very different albums. The first album has this more pretty, polished quality. The second album starts to get a little harsher, a little more aggressive, a little dirtier. And then the third album, to me, I realized, like, holy shit, it's like this Kid A-esque album going off on using these really abrasive sounds and even slipping in a ukulele track in there. Uh, so so it's, it's interesting because this one comes sort of in the middle, so it has elements of the first record and also I still feel like points to where they could go and, and where they went with third, which was, you know, in continuing in a more experimental direction. And I feel like for a, a band like this, it's not surprising, but also we don't really get a lot of, we've already mentioned this is kind of a mysterious band that shows up and disappears. So we don't really get a lot of the reasons for the change in sound or why they make the decisions they do. Um, and it helps just kind of add this atmosphere and we'll probably say, say the word mysterious a lot, but everything kind of has this smoky jazz. Like you sat down in some, you know, CD, the corner of some CD, like, a bar isn't right maybe like jazz club because they're classier they're they're a little classier yeah (laughs) (laughs) and 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 you're just kind of whisked away it's almost a a little bit like a a david lynch film almost i feel like when you when you sit down and listen to portishead you're kind of taken somewhere else it's familiar but you don't quite know where you are is is the the best way i can describe it yeah, when we were when we were talking about this episode and sort of preparing for for what we were going to talk about here, uh, w- one of the things that that was brought up was was how everything kind of ties together with this group into one specific aesthetic, which you don't really get from a lot of bands, you know, especially rock bands. Obviously, Portishead is not really a rock band, but but when you think about rock bands, you think about a lot of trial and error. You know, there's a lot of like phases. Of, of a rock band, especially a long-lived rock band. You know, they might go through their experimental phase, might go through their acoustic phase, might go through this and that. And they're, they're kind of just like going with the wind in a, in, a, in a manner of speaking, just kind of like floating along and trying whatever feels right at the time. Whereas Portishead, I feel like, is the exact opposite. I feel like every single aspect of this group fits the brand. That's what I feel like the kids would say. They would say Portishead is on brand, at all times, you know, the lyrics are mysterious. The, the, uh, the, um, the album covers are, they look like they're stills from films that don't exist, you know, and, and the music is very mysterious. The band members themselves are mysterious because they don't really, you know, they don't 
they don't like the spotlight. They don't navigate toward or gravitate toward the spotlight. And it just becomes like this very mysterious kind of weird thing. And you, and you, yeah, like kind of like what you're saying with David Lynch. I don't know if people listening to this are David Lynch fans, but like the same kind of thing where you, you listen to, or, or you watch a David Lynch film and you're like, I don't know what the hell was just going on, but it was a mood. And Portishead is the same thing. It's like, I don't know what the hell Beth Gibbons is singing about. I don't know what the sound is. That might be a ukulele. I don't know. Like what is going on here? But it's a mood and it fits every single time, even with the band kind of gravitating in these weird different directions. It always has that Portishead sound. Yeah. And I feel like a lot of that is due to Barrow. And especially when you get someone, you have someone in a band that's kind of done everything and knows a lot about, you know, sound engineering and mix and all that stuff. I feel like that helps contribute to that because if somebody doesn't know that you're kind of handing off your record after you finish those parts to someone else to kind of put that together and you can read a lot of stories of people who are just like oh we were in the studio recording it and playing it live and got our tracks all set and then it went off and came back and it was like oh that sounds a little different from what we had envisioned as opposed to you know having somebody sitting there who's like my my I'm in this every step of the way, so it will turn out at the end exactly how we want it turn how we want it to turn out. And I think one thing that reminds me of is maybe garbage in Butch Vig, in terms of someone who's in the band and knows a lot and can kind of almost direct things. So I feel like that helps Portishead have this way more cohesive sound than most bands are are able to achieve because at some point they're going to have to hand off things to somebody uh, as opposed to, you know, this band where there's someone who knows everything from beginning to end and can help usher it through all those steps. Portishead's first record, Dummy, came out in 1994. And then three years later, this album that we're talking about today, their second record, Portishead, came out in 1997. So that that's that's actually not that long. In Portishead years, that's that's not a long time between between records. And so, as one would expect, the second record doesn't sound like it's a drastic departure from the first record. It still has the same like sampled sound. It's still got that scratchy, like you know, everything was recorded on vinyl kind of thing going on. Uh, but it is different. And, and as Jason was mentioning it, it, you know, it, 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 it might sound very similar if you just kind of have it playing in the background, but then when you start listening, you start realizing the decisions that were made that make the record have its own identity. And one of the things that a lot of people noticed immediately when it first came out was just how much harsher the record was. Uh, and I don't want to say that it was harsh enough that it's difficult to listen to. That's what happened with third. Third is actually like for some people actually difficult to listen to because it definitely pushes some, it pushes some boundaries as far as that goes. But with this record, it was like we, you know, the band was kind of like we were trying to uh, make the sound less nice 
but still keep the same elements so that, you know, things wouldn't sound super drastically different. And I think the band definitely achieves that. And you can hear that a lot on the track we're talking about today, Seven Months. But you can also hear it on even like the big hit, All Mine, where uh, Beth Gibbons' vocals get like super high pitched and there's like this distortion over everything. And it just it just sounds messier and dirtier and just you know, a little bit darker and a little bit more abrasive than maybe people had been used to with the first record. Yeah. And as Scott mentioned, not only musically, but also vocally, I feel like it's, it's really the standout thing, the way that Beth Gibbons starts to deliver things. And it's not only that distortion, but also getting shrill and kind of shrieking the track we're talking about today, seven months, you know, it like it punches you. <laughs> I mean, you're, you're sitting down and you're like, whoa, hey. <laughs> and uh, it, it, there's there's something really interesting about that, the way um, it kind of jars you out of your uh, being a more casual listener. I feel like dummy is really easy to put on and be like, okay, I'm chill. I'm like, listen to this. I, I like this vibe. And I feel like the self-title record doesn't let you have that relaxation certainly not and and as scott mentioned the third record like just kind of keeps like poking and prodding you and doesn't let you kind of kind of settle in as much as the first album um or even the second record but i feel like yeah in, in the second record they're definitely like okay people were maybe almost like too comfortable with us Perhaps our, like, record, like, our record is too, too comforting. We want it. Yeah. We don't like that. <laughs> I, I mean, there's, there's these like elements of like, I, I just feel like everything's kind of turned up on the second album. Like you definitely get these elements of like love, these, these, you know, themes of love and obsession in the lyrics. And, and, and I feel like that's all like amped up here to like the nth degree. Uh, it just feels like, uh, and again, it's hard to describe because everything's so, kind of abstract and weird and there's not a lot of bands where you can be like oh it's like this band when they you know put out this album but there's there's something kind of paranoid and unsettling about everything like about how it sounds about how the vocals come across in, in the lyrics i don't know it's it's still enjoyable I, I feel like if you don't know poor said you're like well i'm never listening to that <laughs> um it, it, but they, they you know they manage to to package it in a way that it doesn't feel like that until kind of you're in it and they get compared a lot to being like this film noirish band and i feel like maybe maybe that's where that comparison comes to because a big part of film noir is a character getting in over their head into this you know increasingly complex uh, situation and that that kind of feels like when you put on the album or any portishead album you kind of put it on and you're like okay i'm like getting into it and then you kind of like stumble further and further down the rabbit hole almost um and and i feel like that's that's kind of a, a little bit of the feeling i get and again this is coming from someone who who far more casually listened and and, and i feel like if you put it on in the background you you might not get that but if you you know really put the record on you know you're driving somewhere and you're like actually you know sitting paying attention thinking about the arc of the the album and the songs i i i, I that's what comes across to me when i listen to it There's no time to 
Jason was talking about how, you know, this album really kind of, kind of forces you to listen a bit closer. And, and I really, I really like what you were saying there about how, you know, maybe, maybe the band was a little miffed that people were, you know, basically using this as like makeout music. You know, they were like, our first record is just like a makeout record. People are putting it on and then not really paying attention to what we're doing. And so, I mean, obviously I have no idea if this is true or not, but it, it may have well been that the band was like, we don't like that. We want people to really listen. So we're going to have to make our next record a bit more aggressive and, and try to grab the listener a bit more than maybe we did on, on the first record. But I think one of the, one of the issues is, well, not issues, but one of the aspects of Portishead that makes people maybe a little bit, uh, it makes, it makes it difficult for some people to sort of attach themselves is how mysterious the band is. And, and like Jason said, we're going to say that word a whole bunch more before this episode ends. And one of the things that I'll draw in here is, 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 is directly related to the song we're covering today, which is seven months, which is, I have no idea what this song is about. Like I get the basic gist of this song, you know, like it, you, you've got plenty of lines here that give you, uh, a bit of a directive. So it's like, how can I, for this is how it begins. How can I forget you disregard how I feel silently listen to the words I can't see. Okay. So, so we're starting off. How can I forget you? So clearly there was somebody that was in her life and is now exited. We're going to go ahead and assume it was a relationship of some kind. And then later on in a verse, she says, why should I forgive you after all that I've seen quietly whisper when my heart wants to scream? all right, cool. You know, maybe there was a breakup. Maybe there was something going on. She's upset about it. She doesn't know how to deal with it. She wants to scream, but she can't because she doesn't understand what's going on, whatever. The lyrics just become more and more vague the more you listen to it. And even the song title, Seven Months, is not referenced at any point in the song. So, I mean, I guess we could, we could make a, uh, uh, we could make a, a guess that that the song is it the seven months is the length of the relationship. Maybe it was seven months and then things end. I, I don't know. It's very mysterious and very weird. And it's not really easy to sort of put yourself into it because you don't really understand what the song is about. And that might be a reason why some people feel the inclination to kind of put Portishead on in the background rather than really like feel it, you know? It's interesting you mentioned that because yeah, not hearing the title of the song in the song, which, you know, pe people do. And it's not, you know, it doesn't happen often, but it happens. Uh, and, and that's why I feel like it's to get people to pay closer attention to looking at things. Because you'd have to be like, you know, knowing what track you're on when you listen to it in order to, you know, put it together with the title. And I feel like this song is not only, I, I mentioned earlier how it just like hits you. It, it like just punches you. And I feel like it's also in that, the the mysteriousness again all the mysterions <laughs> um yeah. that's a portishead inside reference in case you didn't recognize it <laughs> but the the you know it it the lyrics got mentioned you're like okay a breakup someone's upset about something they're like oh i wish i could you know yell about it or scream about it or tell somebody about it but then it keeps on going back to this i will never resign myself from the trial i seek and I feel like that's really fucking intense. Like that, 
it, it, you know, not only the obsessive nature of just like, no matter what happens, like I, I am going to continue moving forward. Like saying that is very different from like referring to like your life or the path you're on as like the trial that I must like survive. Like it almost, it, it kind of has this like masochistic sort of feeling. To yeah. It's, it's like a, it's like a knight in shining armor kind of thing. Like it's like a medieval thing, like the trial I seek. I will never resign myself. It's very intense. It's not, it's not, I miss you. It's, it's something beyond that. Yeah. I mean, if, if this was Link from Legend of Zelda saying this, you'd be like, I understand. Wow. <laughs> and I'm, I'm getting really nerdy in this one. <laughs> but, but you know, like, like that, that like you have more context. So in, you know, in that saying that, that makes more sense in using that kind of like those words in terms of like a relationship just sounds like creepy and weird and intense. And I feel like that's something that's reflected kind of like throughout the album. Um, I mean, we're not going to go like song by song here, but when you, you know, throw, you can basically throw on any of the songs here and it, I feel like kind of is this weird back and forth of like meeting someone falling in love or in lust or whatever, like it, it, like things get really intense and then it just kind of like, is this like push and pull through the rest of the album of just like, you know, I love you. I want to be with you. You know, why are we not together? And then this whole, like, I need to like push you away or I have my own shit going on sort of things that maybe you could get from this song. So it, it's, it's yeah, it, it's very, odd how they managed to do that and make it relatable despite the fact like i would never think of the words i will never resign myself from the trial i see <laughs> <laughs> i would never put like anything i do into that you know kind of the those those words or those terms or that idea uh but somehow it, it still works and i think that's like one of the cool things with this record and with portishead is on the one hand they're 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 really cool <laughs> and it tends to kind of like push you away but on the other hand they try to kind of like invite you in so it's weird to hear a band that kind of has that like push and pull sort of thing like beyond the as i mentioned that push and pull for relationships but i feel like it extends out to like the relationship between the band and the listener where it's like we want to challenge you but we don't want to push you so far that you like run away and you don't listen to us anymore and I, and I feel like that's a band that, even though we don't know a lot about them, I, I can imagine them having that kind of discussion of just like, what is, what is too much? What's going too far? You know, at, w at what point in our process and how we do things is too much and it'll just kind of turn people off. Um, I mentioned Kid A because, you know, for, for a band that doesn't seem to have a lot of other influences uh, outside of their own, you know, specific um, subgenre that they're sitting in. Uh, I, I feel like the kid a thing probably made a lot of bands a little bit braver and being like, we can take these kind of left turns maybe. So even though, you know, Radiohead's kid a and this album are separated by eight years, I feel like, you know, probably a ton of bands now are still like heavily influenced by that. Like listening to, you know, pre kid a Radiohead and then, that album and everything that came after like it has to kind of give you some 
confidence or make you a little bit braver in making some of these decisions. And again, you know, we're sitting here having this conversation because the band doesn't really talk a lot about this stuff. So we have to kind of sit here and sort of weed our way through like what might it feel like if you know you were you were in this band and you were making this kind of music and putting out these kind of lyrics and and figuring out like why you know why why would you choose to do some of these things and and who knows but it's you know still a fun listen and i feel like especially for this song uh on this record this this one part of why we do this is like this song also like could have been a hit and I feel like it could have been a hit because if this came on the radio, I find no way that you're not sitting there listening, you know, for even if you don't like it, there's no way you're just going to like immediately change the station because you're going to be like, this is different. And I'm going to listen to this for a minute. Maybe, you know, we're we're <laughs> we're a little bit different in that regard. There might be people who are like, oh, shit, turn that. <laughs> <laughs> But, you know, I, I, I feel like that's one of the things that really, like, stands out about this band is, like, it sounds so different that, you know, something I feel like happens in your brain and you're like, no, I need to I need to sit here and figure this out. I came to Portishead rather late. I couldn't have even before told you the term trip hop. I would have no <laughs> idea what that means. And that sounds like way too, <laughs> that, that doesn't sound like me. Um, so, uh, you know, being, uh, growing up as a kid, more into rock music and at least, you know, t- taking chances there being, you know, a fan of progressive rock. Uh, the, but there were some things that I just like didn't get into and, I think as your music palette expands, there's you realize like, oh, there's all these bands that were around at the same time as these other bands I really like. And somehow I managed to like miss them completely. And especially for a, a band like Portishead, where it doesn't kind of fit cleanly or neatly into any any kind of category. Um, I feel like maybe, maybe it is easy for, for a lot of people to miss. And I certainly did. And it's funny because uh, I, I was actually over Scott's place. And he had some music on in the background and I started becoming entranced by the sound of it. And I was like trying to place it. And I, I was just like, I really just don't know what this is. And so I'm like, what, what is this? And Scott's just like, Oh, it's Portishead. And I'm like, Oh, of course. I don't know how I, (laughs) I don't know how I did recognize it. And so, you know, uh, you know, went home, looked him up and, uh, also gave me a, a weird impression of the band because I was like this this was before third came out so I had time to like listen to the first two records and then get excited about this third one coming out and by then you know I was a fan and now I you know we've been 
sitting here for over a decade now <laughs> where I'm like try, trying to take my fandom to, to, to the next step. And I'm like, well, I'll go see them live. Oh, they don't really tour that much. Well, I'll, I'll you know, I'll buy whatever comes out next. It's like, oh, we're going to have to wait a while for that. Um, so I don't know. Portishead just ends up being this funny band that I almost put in the same the, the other thing they make me think of uh, when I when I think of them is also Sade. And I don't know if it's the same. I, I feel like there's a similar atmosphere building that happens with Sade. Um, we have an episode on her and her band because it's, it's the band. One of the <laughs> things people never seem to understand is that there is a Sade and then there is the band Sade. Not the same. So just, yeah. <laughs> Uh, but they, uh, for some reason, I, I kind of think of them in the same way because they both take a long time to come out with records. They have this amazingly consistent quality and sound. And I don't know, it's, it's just, you know, female singer. I, you know, maybe there's, there's you know, the, uh, a long list of reasons for it. But I, I don't know. I, I put them in the same category and I kind of listen to them when I'm in. I, I guess oddly similar moods, which is weird to say with Sade being, <laughs> but, but I don't know. There, there's, there's something just consistently that draws me back to the band, which is interesting, especially when a band has such, there's not a lot of material to dig into. So any band that I feel like only has three records, but keeps you consistently coming back to them over a long period of time clearly they're they're doing something right you know it's and i listen to probably each album almost equally maybe i listen to third like slightly less um but i find myself continually you know drawn back to the these albums over and over again the first time i heard portishead i saw the music video for sour times and i don't remember specifically how old I was or where I was, but I I remember, you know, seeing, the, you know, obviously, well, maybe not obviously, but as one would expect, the video is in black and white and is very noirish and very mysterious and weird. And uh, it, like I said, it's all it's all very on brand. Portishead aesthetic is very strong. And uh, I remember being like blown away by how different it was. You know, Jason's mentioned that a few times now where it's just like, this is just different music. And especially being a young kid and all the other videos on MTV were all, you know, male fronted guitar rock acts. And then having just out of nowhere, this like sour times, this weird song with these weird sounds that, you know, just, it, it was very iconoclastic and something that uh, really worked for for them and for me as a listener i was immediately entranced and was just like what is this i have to find out more and so you know i got dummy and and you know i loved it it was great it was it was just it was a mood but i didn't really start really getting into portishead and really starting to like have them be a a a, a big part of my music listening life until uh my my ex-girlfriend she would play them all the time because she was really into him and she would play the second record all the time and so we would be just like hanging out and you know she would pop it on and it just like it was an immediate like mood setter you know like it was the kind of it's the kind of music that that you can put on and kind of get transported to like another place and for the two of us it was kind of like this could be it was like a, it was like a 
I guess, something that was applicable to multiple situations. So yeah, you could put it on and be like, okay, like this is a, this is a mood setter. Now things are going to get kind of, kind of romantic, you know, things are going to maybe get kind of sexy or whatever. Or you could put it on and just be like, we're just going to have a cocktail party. Or you could put it on and be like, this is going to be kind of spooky. You know, like it fits so many different profiles that it could be played at almost any time. You know, if you're having a party with like 40 people, hanging out at your house, drinking, drinking wine and laughing and whatever. Portishead can soundtrack that. If it's just you and your partner in a candlelit room getting ready to get it on, Portishead can soundtrack that too. So it's like this, it just was everywhere. And so it's really funny that you mentioned that the first time you really listened to them was at my place because like it was like oh you know Jason's coming over we can- I'm, I'm thanking the wrong person <laughs> <laughs> yeah you can just, yeah totally you should be thanking Dinah uh, no but we you know we would we would put it on all the time for all sorts of different reasons and even today like if I'm making like a mix for a a gathering or 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 whatever like I'll almost always put at least a couple of Portishead songs in there because they always work every it, it's 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 always good it always fits in with everything. And, uh, yeah, so that's how I kind of got into Portishead. And since then it's, you know, been just like what Jason was saying, right? I constantly revisit these three records over and over and over again. And, uh, it's, it's, it's sad on one end that, you know, there isn't more Portishead music, but at the same time, I feel like it's a similar situation to what we've talked about with Fiona Apple, where it's like the discography is super small and that's in a way disappointing but in another way, it's not because you you know that every single track, every single album, every single thing is a deliberate step that this group has taken. Or obviously, in the case of Fiona Apple, this singular artist. But you know the 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 fact that there's such a limited collection of music when there could be so much more. It's not like a member died. It's not like the band hates each other. It doesn't work together anymore. They still tour. They still get together. They still do other. So there could be tons and tons of Portishead music, but the band's just like, no, like we're only going to do that, you know, only release these new tunes and do this new music when we feel like there's a moment or a reason to do so, or we've been creatively inspired to deliver that to the audience. And if it doesn't fit, the specific, you know, criteria that makes a Portishead song or a Portishead album, you know, what Portishead is, then it's not coming out. And so, yeah, it's sad that we're kind of stuck with just these three records, but at the same time, the fact that we can continually come back to these records over and over again and still find things to enjoy and still find things that we can, uh, you know, incorporate into our lives is, is, is terrific. And, and, you know, just talking about this song, Seven Months, and talking about how, like, the lyrics are so vague and mysterious and all these things that sort of, like, don't really connect, but at the same time, you know, you still associate yourself with and stuff. Like, that's just a, a true representation of the power of this group and the power of this song and the power of this record. It's just, it can constantly give you new things, even though, you know, the only thing that's changed over the years is you. This record and this band has really <laughs> stayed totally constant this entire time, but you still keep finding yourself coming back to it over and over again. So if this is your first time listening to Portishead and, or if you're only a casual fan or you only know a few songs or whatever, let this be an impetus to you to really dive into this group because they, they, they could end up being the soundtrack to so many moments of your life that, you know, it'd be a shame to, to not have them there.
please visit our website at www.skippedonshuffle.com for more news about other episodes and our upcoming schedule. We are also on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook. Please visit skippedonshuffle.com for links to all of our social media pages.